0: You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys, a podcasting it is I DJ Impact. We got Matt Michaels here, Sin City Steve, and we even have Simon Street. And <laughs> welcome, everyone, to our three count. So this is a, a different uh, type of three count. Normally, we come up with three different stories that we go through the Internet and uh, read the stories and get our thoughts on that. But, of course, this past week, we had the passing of uh, of two wrestlers that uh we need to just spend the whole show talking about uh we lost terry funk at the age of 79 and bray wyatt at the age of 36 um interestingly with terry funk his real name is terence funk so he didn't go too far away from what his uh his his uh real name from what his ring name is but uh bray was wyndham lawrence rotunda um, man, this was a, a tough moment, uh, fellas, and we're all going to just kind of just have an open discussion uh, about this when the, the news, I mean, Terry, he left us at uh, this past Wednesday, so that was the 23rd, and then following the next day, that Thursday, uh, Bray Wyatt, and of course, it always hits you when it's somebody young. And it doesn't matter even if it's in wrestling or someone personal in your life, when you see that someone's in their twenties, thirties, even forties, you're going, oh my God, like what happened? How could this be? And um and and, and really those are, are the deaths that are really uh challenging, you know, when those happen. You know, we want answers. How could this happen? Because we're all under the um the the, the, the impressions that you know we all should live to be old. You know, and get to a certain age, and then from that point, it's like, okay, well, you lived a good life. Some may say that about Terry Funk 79 is a good life, you know. Um, uh, I know we also lost uh Bob Barker, that's just to throw him in from the prices, right? He was 99 um years old. I mean, that's a that's a long time, uh, but 36, man, is just way too young. So, uh, fellas, I, I'm I'll, I'll just open it up to you on your thoughts. I, I tell you this. Just quickly for me, um, of course, the Fiend chari- uh, character, as it was developing, both Simon Street and I got a chance to uh, to be in Canada at SummerSlam for the debut. And let me tell you something, because I still, I, in fact, I rewatched that this morning, uh, Simon Street, just to kind of say, right after his, his entry, he came down to the ring and the music went off. It was a standing O, like (laughs) the match hadn't even started. It was just the entrance because we didn't know what to expect, you know, everything put together. And then, of course, after the match, after he beat Finn Balor, he ends up walking back to the uh, to the back of the ramp and the lights, the spotlights on him. You start to hear that weird sound. And then all of a sudden boom the lights go off again and another standing oh you don't get that at wrestling shows really uh, uh based on an entrance in an and an and, an, and an, um an exit so i mean that's just to show you just the uh, amazing uh, character uh that that was and i was just thinking wow i was great that we got a chance to experience that in canada because canada could be a hard crowd and they could have been like ah oh, no <laughs> that's not gonna work but when they gave their approval of that, it was like, yeah, we got something here. Fellas, I'm gonna open up the floor. What was your uh your talk uh your thoughts this week hearing about these two individuals?
2: I guess so, I would start or yeah, unless yeah. you want to. Paper scissors rocks. Um yeah. for me, um hearing about Terry Funk, because I did hear about that the day of, mm-hmm. um, that was something i was like wow that sucks uh because i you know i i don't know the, the, the long long history but i was introduced to, to terry funk right you know watching wwe when cactus jack came back and 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 i just remember hearing about hardcore matches and like i didn't know this guy like that you know i mean I, I really didn't grow up watching him obviously but man even at that age you know this had to be what 20 years ago Dude was hard. 20,
0: Twenty-five, yeah, years ago. Twenty-five
2: bro. years ago, right. this dude was was hardcore as hardcore could get. No fear at all, and, and, and to take you know the likes of you know, um, hardcore Holly, to to the end of the earth with some crazy ass matches. Uh, Mick Foley, uh, you know. So I know of his legacy like that. And and when I do think of him, I think of Moxley. You know, uh, you know, cause the type of matches that Moxley puts on in AEW, let's be honest. I mean, that's very much in the vein of hardcore matches. You know, that's almost now his selling point, uh, for the most part. And I don't know, it just it just it's good to give reverence to somebody who who, who really dedicated so much to hardcore matches, which is now an essential uh part of our culture in wrestling. Um, so that's with regards to him. With regards to uh Windham, that hit hard. Like um, I was really busy that day on Thursday. I had lots of stuff that I was trying to get together, <clears throat> and when I had just you know reluctantly turned on you know social media, they saying Bray Wyatt dead, and I'm like, whoa, what? Really? Um, I was almost kind of offstruck and kind of like how Booker was because when Booker found out he was actually doing a podcast live, and it just it just hits you to where it kind of sucks the air out of you because. When I think of uh, Wyndham uh, Rotunda, man, he, he was an artist. Like Shinsuke plays the character of an artist, he presents himself as his gimmick. But, uh, you know, Wyndham was an artist. I didn't know him personally, but I could tell you by just looking at his work, looking at the dedication, the details, um, making sure that he always left us entertained. Uh, you know, but that's why I always say, you know, it's important for us to give, the, give people their roses while they're here because you know anything can just just change out of nowhere um it was reported um it looks pretty substantial that he did end up dying uh from a heart attack um and and that was kind of brought on from him getting COVID early in the year so um <clears throat> you know it's it's one of those things to where it's like i appreciate that we got a chance to experience all of that was window yeah like, like, seriously, I'm just so thankful and, and blessed and humbled. So um, that's that's all I'll say with regards to that. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right on that, man. Sin City, uh, what's your thoughts, man?
3: Yeah, man. So uh, as far as Terry Funk, um, obviously, I was aware of Terry Funk uh, from his time in WCW. Of course, he, he wrestled for years and years before that, but um, that's where I – First got to, to know the character a bit, but uh, where I really kind of developed an interest in Terry Funk, uh, the character of the Terry Funk, and what he brought to pro wrestling was his time in ECW. Um, <clears throat> he acted as a mentor to Tommy Dreamer. Um, he uh, closed out the first ECW pay-per-view, Barely Legal, uh, by hoisting their world championship uh, at 53 years old at the time. Um, he, you know, overcame the, the, uh, the, the, gauntlet of a three-way dance, uh, with him, uh, Stevie Richards and the Sandman only to face Raven. And then he overcame all the odds bloodied. Um, you know, there was barbed wire involved, all sorts of craziness. <laughs> and here's this old fucker, 53 years old with, as a world champion of this hardcore promotion. Um, and yeah, Simon, you hit the nail right on the head um, after after I saw what he brought in and his, you know, I, I, I was a fan of no holds barred style wrestling. And I went back and I looked at what he did in IWA Japan, um, you know, the, the death matches um, that. That we know John Moxley to do today. Um, it's it's one of those things that, yeah, he and Foley definitely paved the way. Um, in a in a big way for that style of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had the pleasure of meeting Terry Funk uh, before WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, um, so that was a really cool moment for me. Um, so that was that was very very cool. Um, as far as Bray Wyatt, um, I I fell in love with the cult leader gimmick instantly um, because keep in mind this was at a time where um, and no, disres- no disrespect meant, but this was a time when WWE was um, under the uh, the reign of the hustle, loyalty, and respect, and everything was sunshine and you know happy, mm. happy, and everything. And there's this character off to the side that there's something to this because it's not a it's not. A character that is just surface level it's something that has layers um and then we proceeded to see all the things that that Wyndham was able to come up with creatively and of course there were some things that were given to him along the way um but as far as the things that they allowed him to do um from the cult leader gimmick to the um the, the Fiend gimmick with the the amazing mask and gear, mask designed by Tom Savini, Hollywood icon and legend. Um, it, it's it's it, it definitely spoke to a sector of the pro wrestling audience that needed to be spoken to at that time. Um, yeah. I, I personally would not have been a pro wrestling fan. Um, I had gotten out of you know, following all pro wrestling at the time. Um, and I just happened to see Bray and I was like, holy shit, this, this character really resonates with me. So he brought yeah. me back in to the fold and being a major watcher again. So, yeah, I, I just want to say thank you to, to Terry Funk and to Bray Wyatt. Um, and, yeah, you, you definitely uh, made my fandom better and forever indebted.
1: Absolutely, Matt Michaels. Um, well, uh,
0: I guess uh, I guess we're going with uh, little Terry Funk here at first. Um, so, you all are kids. Um, some of us uh, remember uh, Terry Funk from matches that you would see on. Um, uh, Basically, compilation shows coming out of like NWA territories and stuff, stuff that was on film, and um, you know uh, you see stuff with Dusty and Terry, and, uh, and and then you know you got Terry Funk coming into the WWF in 1986, and when he came into the WWF. He was utilized as a foe to Hulk Hogan. Uh, He was managed by Jimmy Hart, which really made no sense. Um, But it worked because of the fact that Terry didn't have to cut promos. He didn't have to be this over-the-top character. Um, Jimmy... You know took that wwf style and ran with that and then they could be uh you know him and his brother playing hoss you know they they took two nwa champions and made them you know basically cowboys uh you know from the ranch um which they were these were two you know texas guys um and it made for some great uh, TV moments. Um, great feud with the junkyard dog. Uh, Terry carried a branding iron, which was pretty fucking cool. Uh, the LJN figure came with the cowboy hat and a branding iron. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, he had a feud with the junkyard dog uh, that ended up where uh, Jimmy Hart got branded in the ass. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah just just fun stuff. And then that run lasted for about a year. I think he was in there for about a year. And when he resurfaced, it was in the NWA. It was in WCW. And, um, John said here, the I quit match against Flair in 89 is what made me realize that, um, there was pro wrestling outside of the WWF. Um, and it's, it's interesting because uh, that whole thing was set up brilliantly. Uh, and it was a nice little feud after Flair had just come off this feud with Steamboat. So um, it's, you want to talk about, you know, a, a stretch run of a good six to eight months. Um, go back and watch all the Flair Steamboat stuff right into the Flair Punk stuff and you know 89 90 was you know pretty decent because of those two feuds um but really you know what you guys are kind of talking about in that middle era um of the 90s um i you know i, I had the tapes i watched the IWGA ga stuff um and i I'm a fan of death matches when it's done right, and that's what they did. You know, that's what that company did. They did great stuff that was not seen before, especially here. Um, ECW obviously would take the ball and roll with it, but everything that's come since is basically a "How can we top this saturation?" and it's not as fun to watch sometimes, you know, because this stuff was unique back then. Now it's just fucking common. Um, so what, what Terry Funk did with McFoley Foley in Japan, um, really those two guys, you know, <laughs> they should have been dead because yeah. it was, it was pretty intense. Um, and 25 years ago, next year is when Beyond the Mat came out. Terry Funk retired during Beyond the Mat, and you know he had a, a match with Bret Hart. There was a huge, um, and it, it, it's a great tape. It's out there. You can still find that um, that tribute to Terry Funk uh, when he retired in '97. And what's so funny about that whole thing, you know, you see Terry with the bad knees, and and you're seeing all this happen, and it's all being filmed, you know, there in 97, into 98, and then you get to him coming in in early 98 in the WWE. So it's like he, you know, he retired in the middle of 97, and by early 98, he was back and he was also the guy who ran down to the ring when foley went off the cage yep and um you know and was extensively trying to talk cactus out of going back into the <laughs> fucking ring
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so uh but you know after after that running wwe then he went to wcw again and became that hardcore champion when wcw had no fucking clue what it was doing and um was trying to do a hardcore championship and it was awful um uh, you know and it's funny too we we don't give him enough credit for putting Nyline over his head and becoming chainsaw charlie for that wwe run
3: that was and, fun
0: uh, yeah it, that, it, that was it, a fun run it was.
2: He actually was. looked like a
0: crazy, crazy ass person too. Well, it's because he put nylons over his head and had a chainsaw. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: l- let's be honest. Just because you have a chainsaw and you have a mask on doesn't mean that it's going to sell. It just ask AEW last week.
0: <clears throat> well, and, and the thing is, is that that's the whole thing. Um I, you know, you forget too uh, the setup to. The uh, New Age Outlaws really becoming the New Age Outlaws yep. was when they, uh, during the match that Foley and, uh, and uh, Funk were having, um, they had the garbage can, the dumpster, and Foley threw Funk into the dumpster, and then the Outlaws came out and kicked him into the dumpster and uh, threw that dumpster off the stage. And it was one of the best, um, best, best, best uh, moments of this is real. They yeah. sold it as real and it was fucking great. Um, you know, two two human bodies have been put through this. And it was just fucking fabulous. And the um, WrestleMania 14, that's they had that match. And um, then the next night the outlaws become part of DX so uh he helped build these guys too and that's something you can't take for granted um so and he yeah he had a long life uh as compared to Bray who um you know it's 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 just awful um because he leaves behind a young family Mm -hmm. um you know, when you think about Bray Wyatt first, you, you got to remember that he is Mike Rotunda's son, so he was, you know, probably around backstage when he was younger every once in a while, and when, when he gets the call up and they're doing, you know, the the thing that led to nexus mm. um they, the original nxt yeah, yeah exactly and you have this character of husky harris yeah it's that is what i think we believe is typically fucking vince being an asshole yes. being a river yep. and <laughs> basically going you know he knew this kid since he was a little And you're a fat guy, so we're going to call you literally Husky. Husky. Which, you you know, it was was the dumbest, dumb fucking doom from the beginning gimmick because of the fact that it was a fucking rib, most likely. Yeah. But guess what? He became someone that you actually gave a shit about. Mm -hmm. But he had nowhere to go with the character because there was no actual character. So he had his own personality shining through. And that's what the blessing in disguise was, is when you take him and you bring him back down and you're you're developing NXT and you have a guy like Dusty. Oh, shit. Of course, the Wyatt family is going to come out of that because you had two fucking brilliant minds working together. And the honest, you know, if you go back and you watch how they started out in NXT, it really was something to watch this development because these guys were, it it was a different feel. And I'd go, I'd go, it wasn't even... A cult to me, it was what Rob Zombie did with um, the Firefly family, which oh, House, of Corps. House of a Thousand Corpses, House oh, of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, yeah, and and more so, um, mm-hmm. more so the the next film, um, Devil's Rejects, them, yeah, when the three of them in Devil's Good Rejects films. Were, were on their own, and essentially that's what they were, including the word Firefly right? So, you know, influences of pop culture and movies and stuff can always lead to something good. And I think that, you know, that idea that they were just kind of off the fucking fence crazy, um, that was more so, you know, and then it became more of Bray talking because he was a good talker. Um, And as that thing fell apart, you wondered what the fuck they were going to do next, right? He disappears. And then all of a sudden you get these fucking promos in early 2019 of a fucking kids show. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. This is something totally different. And now he shows up as this happy-go-lucky fucking kids host. Who just happens to be psychotic as fuck and evil as shit. Right. Like, what? And that was something that was you, you go as a character, holy shit, this is unique, this is something different. This is something. What? Wait, he he turns into a what? A fiend? What the fuck? He literally was playing two different characters a yeah. manifestation of a character into another character foley did it with the three faces but the three faces were just different characters mm-hmm. you know um, whereas the fiend was the manifestation out of you know him um, doing you know the, the the kid show into the darkness um, one of the things that you know everyone uh a couple things one uh, a lot of people were always you know pissed about the match with cena at wrestlemania um but in the end again when you look at the long run if you look at the overall arch that match he did then with cena during the pandemic Mm-hmm. That film match is probably one of the greatest fucking pieces of cinema that shows what wrestling can be, and yeah. it was fucking amazing. Um, you know th- that's the whole thing, yeah. John says here, who can forget the Firefly Funhouse match, Stealing Night Two of WrestleMania Thirty Six? Yeah, it's um, good shit. It's good shit, pal. Uh, And on top of it, he did the voices for the fucking puppets in the fucking thing. You know, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, there was so much going on. And yet, at that time, think about it. What do the wrestling fans talk about? Oh, can't believe they did that whole match in a red fucking light. does it really fucking matter <laughs> well I mean, this is the problem this is the problem well, with that
2: what you don't need to dignify the flip-floppiness of wrestling fans
0: but but the problem with it is this it's the same people who are going this guy was a fucking genius and saying stuff while it's going on that Oh, this is terrible because it's ruining this. It's ruining that. It's creativity. It's trying something. That's what this guy was all about. Shit was not going to always work, people, and that is the biggest thing you can take away from him. Is that you know, it, it he was he wasn't fucking uh, looking like uh, you know a goddamn million bucks. He was looking like a guy who, you know, and his brother being Bo Dallas, look at how good of shape that guy is in, right? Mm -hmm. So this was just who he was, and we got to see that, and it worked. And sometimes his shit failed, and that was great.
2: Well, like the Randy Orton uh, match. (laughs) Remember the, House the, the House of Horrors yep. match. The House of Horrors match. Oh, yep. boy, I remember that one. I, that
0: one was a stretch. <laughs>
3: I'll, 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 I'll say this, though. It, if nothing else, Bray, let's be real. He created a vehicle for professional wrestling to be able to change into something different at a time that it needed to change into something different. Yeah, 100%. we were We were all under you know this this thing that we had never experienced before and one of the constants no matter what we've we've mentioned it on the show is professional wrestling no matter what's going on in the world professional wrestling will always happen there for a while we weren't sure if it was going to be able to continue to happen so things had to be changed thus the creation of cinematic matches during that pandemic period realistically if Bray Wyatt was not around during that time, who's to say that they would have even gone that direction with cinematic type matches. I think that the entire professional wrestling business owes a lot to, to Wyndham Rotunda. And I think that it's, it's things such as that, that people aren't talking about that people should be talking about.
2: Yeah. Well, I also was going to say in that same vein, you know, with you know Wyndham rotunda being gone as far as the wwe's landscape is concerned we now don't have anybody to fill in that spot of mythical beings because we always knew as the drawing as it drew close to the end of the undertaker's illustrious iconic career that it was always the torch was always going to be handed off to break and we actually got a chance to see that uh not too long ago you know uh you know with them in the ring and having that quick heart-to-heart conversation so now that, it, that we don't have that it's kind of an interesting situation you know does uh you know Bo dallas carry on being uncle howdy you see what i'm saying does he carry that that that, that gimmick on you know or does he let go of? It? I mean, I mean, there's so many questions, and I don't want to go too deep into it. But my point that I was getting at is, we knew Bray Wyatt was filling in some of the largest, most challenging shoes you can fill in in the WWE. Absolutely. There's not a lot of people that have successfully drawn even close of a pop in that of the 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 Mystic drawing people in like the undertaker did and so that's going to be really interesting who's the who's going to be next up to bat and uh bray wyatt set the standard and expanded and that's where i was connecting what you were saying since he definitely moved that mile marker of expanding what is um what is scary what is fearful right um you know and you look at what that spread around for people who use that same dynamic I and mean, if you look at dexter loomis that whole serial killer blank stare type thing you know the last time we really seen that kind of drawn out was nxt halloween i think it was halloween havoc where he kidnapped (laughs) what you call it uh damn i can't think of his name right now but but again seeing people be creative like that and i think that that's amazing and that goes to show you know we always talk about the wwe and how at times it's limiting uh, uh, people being able to have creative control. This was an opportunity to where he was able to, as Michael's pinpointed earlier, had to go through being called Husky and they had to. But he finally got to that point to where WWE trusted him, and when I mean really trust him, I really got that more times than any when he came back this recent time because i was sitting there trying to figure out like man you you done a lot they're just going to let you go ahead and have the schedule you have and wait till you're ready that's amazing and and for that man i appreciate him so much for his artistry and everything that he's done and i it's really going to miss. i don't i don't know what's going to click that box for me you know I, I know that's unfair for anybody who comes down the road but it's it's going to take a lot
1: yeah uh everything you guys said is is just right on it's um it's you're really talking about a person who, um, who just who just took it there. I mean, you know, as, as much as we give Vince uh, shit, and he deserves all of it, um, <laughs> um, you got to at least, uh, and in some case, say, look, he listened to what he wanted to do to bring. And I got to tell you, when that was. I can only imagine that conversation, you know, of what I want to do, what I want to create, what I want to wear, what type of mask I want to wear, what type of uh, uh, show and kids and all this stuff going together. And listen, I'm sure people trying to always, they're trying to develop their character all the time within pro wrestling. And you have to listen and half the time you're like, all right, well, we'll think about it or, you know, get the fuck away from me or or go take it to the other guy, you know. But it was something that was brought and with all of that came together, Vince looked at him like, Well, there might be something here, <laughs> you know. And hey, let's try it, right? And, um, and just from the point of when Bray, or I should say, when Balor, uh, the very first, I guess he, I forgot who, who, who was fighting on Raw, but it's as, as soon as the lights start to go out, everybody's going, What the fuck's happening? Because nobody knew anything, we just know we kind of started seeing lights. No one didn't even stand up; they were just kind of like, uh, "Okay," um, you know. Even the commentators, it was just like, uh, well, "We don't know what's kind of going." Then you start to hear something happening in the ring, and before you know it, the lights is on, and 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 Bray has Balor uh, ready to set up uh, on this finisher. And that's where it all started. I was, from that point, I was hooked into the entire gimmick. It was always, boy, when is this going to happen on the show? When is this going to happen? You know, you always were excited for when those lights were now going to start dipping out. You know, and you never knew it was going to happen. Um, it's it's just truly uh, 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 an amazing art. And I can tell you, um, it. it it's just so sad that these types of things, you know, happen to people who, man, put in their all in this business. And that's not to take away anybody else who's also putting in their all. But when it comes to the creativity, it's very difficult for me to say who's more creative than what we've seen come through uh, with Bray. It's it's really <laughs> difficult. I've sat there trying to go through a lot of names and go through a lot. And I tell you, I mean, I thought of. You know, I mean, when the demon, when we get to see Demon Balor, I mean, that's kind of cool, right? You know, how he's his whole setup. Um, I thought about you know Gangrel. I mean, that was pretty interesting coming through. You know, the, the the whole vampire type theme, and um, I mean, there was some, but man, it was nothing like this character. Um, you know, with 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 the theme, man, and um, he's definitely definitely going to uh, be missed. Him um, and also Terry Funk as well. Uh, Guys, let's just continue to uh, send uh, this uh, this positivity towards their way. They're going. Their families are going uh, to need it uh, during this time. And um, and and shout out. Definitely, we talked about it in wrestling talk. Shout out to SmackDown putting a pretty good um, a show, a tribute show for them. Um, yeah. You got to see a lot of the armbands bands that uh, like um, Mysterio was wearing. You got to see uh, TF on one side of it. And uh, and BW right next to that. Uh so you got a chance to see that. Uh, well and, and, and also too, um
2: they uh they showed it on social media but a lot of the uh WWE personnel and talent all got the Firefly tattoos um, wow. on them. So to so that that was really, I didn't even know I was thinking about it. I wouldn't mind getting that tattoo on there. I'd be happy, like honestly. I was thinking about it. But um but yeah, I think that's a good show of support. It's a family at
0: the end of the day. And and ironically, Bob Barker passing away is another WWE, WWE? wrestling death. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's sad when
2: Bob Barker died. The first thing I thought of was the price is wrong, bitch. That's not
0: sad. That's not sad. That's iconic. But it was a memory. Yeah. It was
2: a memory that he gave me, you know, watching happy Gilmore. It's so like, but dude, it's,
0: but it's, not, but it's not just you. That's the thing. It's It's, he that moment that who else could have you know it's it's adam sandler's creativity going hey what if bob barker is playing in a celebrity golf tournament with this character Mm -hmm. and it's bob barker saying sure why not and what does he do he sits up like the goddamn undertaker Mm -hmm. so good Yeah. So good. And that is what cemented him with a whole nother generation of people who now looked at him in a totally different light as being fucking cool.
2: Or made people creepy when they said, hey, I like that old guy. And your mom says, oh, I just love me some Bob Barker.
0: The creepiest thing about Bob Barker was one day he had black hair. The next day on TV, he had gray hair.
2: Was he like a president of the United States? Because usually, you know, running for president will do that to you. You'll get had, hair.
0: No, no, no. He had he had been dyeing his hair for a number of years. Really? But the way they tape, they tape episodes is that basically they had finished a run, right? They had these episodes mm-hmm. taped, and then they started when they started taping again. He decided to stop dyeing his hair, but the way sequentially that it ended up airing is that it was literally like on a Tuesday, he has black hair, and then on Wednesday, he's totally gray. And as a kid, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> How the hell do you go from black hair to gray hair? That's makes You know
2: sense. you know what happened? Because we were around the same age. You was like, damn, did he open the Ark of the Covenant and then close it real quick? <laughs> the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant? No, I said the Ark of the Covenant, of the Covenant. from Indiana Jones. God damn, man.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Bob Barker. Bob Barker was the uh, the stay home from school, <clears throat> sick entertainment every day.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep, that, yeah, that you, that's that's what he was then. And yeah, I mean he was an cultural icon.
1: He always played along with it too. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And, I, and I'll always learn the trick. Uh, just go one dollar more than this guy. <laughs> I'll be eight oh one. Eight oh one. <laughs>
2: you know what's you know what's interesting didn't he die at 99 yeah was it 99 so he was one dollar short of 100 so he was closest to 100 without going over how iconically weird is that
1: yeah man all right dark but weird (laughs) well listen uh everyone thanks for uh for hanging out uh sharing your thoughts and comments about this um we'll, we'll definitely forever remember uh uh, both gentlemen, for what they have, as we would never forget, some of so many others that has have gone a lot to us sooner than we, uh, than we had hope. But um, uh, we appreciate you for listening and uh, enjoying. We're going to record next all about all in. So if you are watching us live, make sure you tune as we talk about all in. But this will be um, this will be on the podcast uh, next week. In fact. While we're here, we're going to end up doing our final thoughts because you know actually we're we're about to go into the Labor Day uh, holiday and we're um, we're we're going to all be doing something on Labor Day, but we most likely won't be here. But we will have content ready uh, set up for you, and part of that uh, will be all in. So um, so make sure you uh, you jump right back on when we get off. We won't keep you long. We thank you for hanging out with us uh, this evening, and um, you know we'll keep doing what we do. Uh, gentlemen, final thoughts as we go into the Labor Day weekend. Simon Street, what would you like to tell the good folks out
2: there? Well, I would definitely say uh, above anything else, uh, stay safe. Uh, whatever thing you would choose to engage in, uh, you know, be aware but have fun. But also, too, if anything is uh, taught us just, you know, with these recent deaths is, uh, you know, you never really know what the plan is for tomorrow. So make sure you make the most of the day.
1: Yeah, that's real. Sin City Steve.
3: Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every one of you. Also, a very special shout out. and Thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, RepSports.com. REPPsports.com. Go there for all your pre workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout you save yourself 15%.
1: Matt Michaels. Yeah. All right. Good night. All right. Take care. Vegas Bad Boys are Podcasting.